There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right. <laughs> you still feel good about that decision? I do, because I think it had gotten very intense. <laughs> I mean, there was almost going to be a fight with among sisters. So, I think I think Quad really changed the atmosphere. I think she ushered in a new spirit. There were some spirits released now. You can go with that. You can go with that. You can go with that. Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. You know, now that the podcast is like four years old, going into year five, it's always nice to like keep it fresh, keep it fresh and funky and footloose and fancy free and all the F words, right? So this week I thought, damn, you know, for the past month, I've had this struggle of like, what Bravo shows do I need to talk about? Which one was the most important one? Which one do I think you guys the most want to hear? And in terms of this week, everybody was firing on all cylinders. And so I really couldn't pick. So I decided that we're just going to do like a little amuse-bouches. Like, I'm just going to loosely walk you through what happened with all of these shows that I felt like talking about this week, which was all the shows that I watched this week on Bravo. So I hope you guys don't mind. They're not going to be full recaps whatsoever. This is going to be just my little quick bite thoughts about what happened this week. So I actually just lied. (laughs) I want to start with Married to Medicine and just kind of like talk about the season as a whole because you guys, this show is so good. Like I think that it might be the best on the Bravo lineup as of now. It's so good. I feel sorry for all of y'all who have not been on this journey with Married to Medicine the whole time. This shit is incredible. It's such good TV and it's so like, you know, there's been a lot, too much in my opinion, discourse about like, we hate these shows to which I'm like, just stop watching it. Like if you're really feeling like, this season of Beverly Hills is a flop. You don't like Miami. It needs to be recast. Here's one thing. I'm a fucking know-it-all, but what I'm not is a producer. And so what I'm not going to do is sit here every week and be like, this show needs to be a totally recast. 
I'm not happy. This isn't like it used to be. Because we have to like really... I wasn't even going to get into this. <laughs> I just feel like at some point, can we like pull back and realize like if there's no joy in Mudville for y'all, then maybe just stop watching, you know? Like it's really that easy. Some people act like it, they're having to, people are being tortured, their fingernails are being pulled out one by one. And if we don't get a recast in the way that I like it in my dream cast, then I'm just going to sit here and complain and I just like don't get it. Like, just enjoy the show. And if you don't, stop watching it. That's really all you have to do. Like, I don't really understand the discourse. I really don't. Like, no shade to everybody, but, like, shade. Because I don't get it. Like, if you're really that unhappy, stop watching. I needed that off my chest. That was really out my heart. <laughs> I just, I, I can't wrap my mind around it. Like, constantly being miserable about something that is, like, a passive, elective activity. It just doesn't make sense to me. But that's that's not my journey. Okay we'll move on we're gonna lead into the light and into the positive um but if you guys are one of those haters who complains about everything I don't think Married to Medicine would be that show I think she's managed to escape those that, those conversations so if you're looking for something good check out Married to Medicine if you've not watched Married to Medicine and you only want to get to like the brass tacks and you don't want to go all the way back into the history I would say watch season one just to get you know your feet wet and then watch season five before you start this season because season five was one of the best seasons of a reality show period not bravo not tlc in the whole history of reality tv shit happens during that season during the reunion that i've never seen in my life it is incredible it just incredible stuff so I'm loving Married to Medicine. I'm sat every Sunday. I love our girls. I'm loving Heavenly. I'm loving Heavenly and Damon um, dealing with uh, our sweet girl, Alora, their daughter, uh, going off to school and how she wants to go to her mom's alma mater, which is FAMU, Florida A&M, and they don't want her to go. They don't want her to leave the state. <laughs> and the conversation that Daddy and uh, Dr. Heavenly are having with Laura about how like the dangers of Florida that are there now that did not exist when they were uh, students down there and you would think that there would be some like you know I mean it's Florida 2022 at this point so you know there's there's a lot of critiques that we could be made um wasn't expecting Heavenly flaming AI <laughs> uh, wind things of that nature for a reason as to why she could go down to Florida. Like, they're so funny. I love Toya and Eugene. I'm really struggling this season with, like, whether or not I find Eugene attractive. You know, I'm leaning in a, in a direction that I wasn't expecting to. We'll say that. We'll say that. Um, and now we have Sweet Tea. Dr. G is back on the show. Phaedra has somehow managed to finagle her way on the show Married to Medicine. Meaning that there would be a qualification for you to be on this show. Either you're a medicine or you're married to one. Phaedra Parks might be like a, a have a PhD in bullshit, but I don't think, you know, that's not like accredited, you know? Um, allegedly, she has a man who's like a pediatric surgeon or something we have not seen him don't know his name 
she said in the first episode, we're not talking about that man. So this could be Dr. George Glass for all I know. I don't know, (laughs) but Phaedra's there. And so she apparently has this like longstanding relationship, friendship with Dr. G. Dr. G is Quad's ex-husband. We love Quad, Miss Quad, Miss Quad. She got it. She got it. And Sweet Tea is the new, the new young thing. Okay. Sweet Tea is allegedly 31 to Dr. G's, I think 56. Sweet Tea reads much older. We will say that. She reads much older. Um, and these women will not let Sweet Tea just be the new one. They constantly are reminding her about Quad to the point where they even invited Quad to this woman's bachelorette party. Never, never have I seen an ex-wife who was not on good terms with her ex-husband. Like there were abuse claims and things of that nature. Go to the bachelorette party (laughs) of his soon-to-be wife. (laughs) Wild work wild wild work sweet tea has had a breakdown maybe every episode seemingly over not having help planning the wedding and the fact that dr g is very controlling and showing the same dr g by the way is a psychiatrist also displaying the same controlling and manipulative behavior behavior that he did with his ex-wife quad so that's curious Uh, so they do get married congratulations (laughs) but unbeknownst to dr heavenly um sweet tea's best friend slash uh i don't know she's like her maid of honor or, or bridesmaid somebody in the wedding party took a took a message over to sweet tea and said hey girl um Dr. Heavenly had no problem talking about how she didn't think that you and G were a good match, uh, that you probably shouldn't get married, and if you did, it wouldn't last very long. So when Heavenly and Daddy show up to the wedding and they're like, oh, hey, our name should be on the list. It's giving season one of Atlanta. You know, my name was on it. Nene's wasn't. And Heavenly found out she was uninvited to that party, that wedding. Now, why did... Why did minutes later Heavenly stay at that wedding? Sat down, just doing doing the Cupid shuffle at the reception, having the food. How did that happen? (laughs) This is why the show is incredible. You're not going to get a woman talking shit about the couple before their wedding, finding out she was uninvited, and choosing to stay anyway. She said later, I don't know if she's on Watch What Happens Live or what, but that the pastor who was officiating the wedding basically told Sweet Tea uh, Heavenly is staying. Sweet Tea has seemingly zero autonomy. Also, at one of her um, uh, parties, they had to call out the fact that she still had a tag on her dress. This was like right after she had started like having an emotional breakdown and crying in the bathroom. When she came out, they are like, oh girl, your tag is still on your dress, girl. So, And then she had to take it off. And that was sad because you know she was going to return it. <laughs> and then she's like, damn. Ugh. Well, the jig's up on that. So I say all this to say, watch Married to Medicine. Do yourself a favor. Let me clear that sh- up. So clear the sh- up. I'm clearing that bitch sh- talking oh, about. Wow, 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 wow. Don't be talking about. Don't be talking about. I've been nothing but nice to you. Potomac, Potomac, my girls. 
exactly what I thought was happening with NECA and Wendy and Wendy's mama and the cousin and the sister is what played out. I, Wendy's family, I think what happened is behind the scenes or like, you know, before the season, they're casting for the show and there's rumblings and whatever. NECA finds out she could get a champagne flute and she starts being like, oh yeah, like I know Wendy. Like I'm familiar with her in some form or fashion, which is like, yeah. I mean, she's on the show. Like you do have the connection with your, her sister, your cousin-in-law or whatever, but they don't know each other. Like it's clear, like they know each other, but they don't know each other. You know what I mean? And so what probably happened is to take from Chai, shout out to Chai, friend of the show. She'll be on, um, next week what more than likely happened is that Wendy found out about this situation from Ashley the Ashley was like oh we had this conversation about Osu blah 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 she was asking about your doctorate what yada 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 Wendy's mom then found out because Wendy told her Wendy's mom popped off it was like girl we don't know you you're like clout chasing we see on a FaceTime where uh, Wendy, no, NECA's cousin-in-law was like, yeah, they thought you were clout chasing, using Wendy's name to, like, further prove that you needed to be on the show or, like, you had some connection to the show, making it seem like you were more familiar with Wendy than she was, which I think is, like, I don't know if it's getting lost on people, but it's, I feel like a more important factor than it for me than it is for a lot of others. I also kind of suspect that Wendy may not have known what her mom said or exactly what her mother said. She seemed a little like mm, caught off guard by that, but we'll get into that in a second. Before that, though, Giselle and Robin go out for drinks and we find out that Giselle and Robin had a podcast live show in Atlanta. Juan hopped on that Frontier flight and went with them and they had some kind of conversation as it relates to all the social media goings on with Juan and his dingling, right? And the laundromat and the nails, all of it. So Giselle tells Robin, girl, he kind of came for me in that green room. Like he was yelling all this stuff, but she was keeping it really cute, cute in a way that she, you know, like, I know that's her home girl, but like, she's not as blatant like she wouldn't say exactly what he said even in a confessional she's like I'm not gonna get into like the nitty-gritty but like you know she would have been more than happy to do that if it were literally anybody else I get it but it's still irksome you know what I mean so she's like yeah he kind of came for me and Robin's excuse was no uh, his hearing is bad because you know he yells so much during coaching like you know he's probably just talking even louder Okay, we find out what he yelled or said in a loud voice, a loud coach voice, was something on the lines of like, I didn't stick my thing in her. I didn't stick my dick in her, Giselle. I didn't stick, apparently he said this multiple times, over and over and over. I didn't do it. I did not. I didn't stick my dick in her, Giselle. I didn't stick my thing in her. <sighs> okay, but he wasn't yelling. He, he, he said that. He said, I didn't stick my dick in her, Giselle. Giselle, I, I did not stick my dick inside of her. That, that's how he said it? Okay, Robin. 
that man mumbles 85% of the time. And now all of a sudden, months after he got fired, he's got some sudden ear issue <laughs> that seems to only apply to Giselle or screaming, I don't care to you, Robin. Okay. Okay. Later, we find out in a scene with NECA and her husband, Ike, that apparently Ike went to the same school with Eddie and they were in the African student program. Again, this seems like another, like, far away connection from several years ago that I wouldn't necessarily be, like, hanging my hat on today. Like, there are probably so many people on the Facebook account that I barely active am active on that I'm like, who? This dude that I met at a party, at a, at a keg party 15 years ago, like, whoever you're telling I just like okay yeah sure like he probably added you on Facebook like he added everybody in the African Student Union at the University of Maryland you know is that that deep there are probably 50 people on my Facebook friends list that I wouldn't like go on TV and be like oh I know them you know like or or they would know me like that you know like you were at a a group, a student group, however many years ago. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Like, I just, even talking about Facebook friendship, politics, and following and unfollowing on Facebook is just like, ew, loser, loser behavior. If he unfollowed you after all of this drama, okay. But that doesn't necessarily mean he knows you. It might just mean like, Wendy brought this back to her husband. And he was like, oh, who's that guy? Oh, I, mm -hmm. and then probably unfollowed him. I just don't really think that like this stuff is that deep. The stuff that this Facebook friend thing is, is really not that deep if you think about it. But I do feel like NECA and Ike are trying to act like there's some great conspiracy. Like Wendy and NECA used to kick it. Uh, Eddie and Ike were line brothers in their frat and like all of a sudden they're like oh I don't know who NECA and Ike are like I don't I really don't think it's that I don't think it's like that I, you know I, it's just not like I don't know it's just not that deep for me so the big event is Pickleball the institution Mr. and Mrs. Pickle Karen and Ray dress head to toe green for the occasion they invite everybody to a pickleball court. Juan shows up. It's like husbands and wives. <clears throat> Everybody's talking about Juan. Mia has the nerve to say, I'm glad Juan's here. Why wouldn't he be? He doesn't have a job. And it's like, okay, well, that might be why you and Gordon are here too. If, if we really want to get there. Karen, when Robin shows up, Robin's wearing a quite sexy athleisure, I would say. It's like an exposed panty under the leggings like very sheer black leggings and you could see the panty under it and like the top was like also pretty exposed it wasn't like oh my god this is crazy but like it was a little bit a lot a little bit a lot if we could say that <laughs> so Karen says in a confessional nobody wants to see that nobody wants to see that Robin not even Juan <laughs> and then she catches herself and goes cut that can you cut that they did not cut that okay <laughs> So back, we have to go back to the Wendy versus NECA thing. Some of that, like, I honestly don't even, 
I, I really don't like this. I don't like that this is like, I blame Ashley, first of all, first and foremost. I blame Ashley for misrepresenting because I think once she did that, it really got the ball set into motion. And I also think it's like kind of unfair that like Wendy has emotions about this and everybody's like, that's not right, Wendy. You shouldn't bring up um, the fact that Ashley... You know, like, I already told you that I misrepresented these facts, so why would you bring that up again? Like, you're just making things worse. No, you made things worse, Ashley. You have to own it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. I don't know. And like, I did really love how Wendy reacted to it, but I do feel like a lot of it was a result of like, perhaps not knowing that her mom did something and was like, well, maybe I'll just like twirl and call you a flop to try to like get over it. And then there's that weird thing. Cause okay. Earlier, once everybody got to the pickleball thing, they separated the men, the husbands and the wives. We see Eddie walking up to the guys. Ike's already there. Juan's there. Gordon, maybe. I don't know. It's like multiple men. And Eddie goes up and he's shaking hands and saying hi to the guys he knows. He shakes Ike's hand and says, I'm Eddie. Ike says nothing. Nothing. This does not come out until the end of the episode, all this Facebook stuff. So Eddie's like, do I know you? Like, do I know you? What's going on? Because Mia's like, Eddie, I heard you unfollowed Ike on Facebook. What's that about? He's like, I I don't know. It's like, why are you saying we're friends on Facebook? Like, what's going on? I just met you. 
NECA says Eddie seems to be looking for freedom and that he should be in Get Out too. And like Wendy's being so controlling, even though I felt like she was doing the exact same thing. She was standing by her man as they were talking, as Ike and Eddie were talking. And then somehow Wendy just standing by Eddie is like, oh, don't get into men's business, Wendy. Don't do that. Let's just let the men handle it. Like, okay, but you were, you could, if she could stand by her husband. If you can say it by your husband, she can say it by hers. Like, why? I just don't know. Like, I know a lot of people don't like Wendy. I've never been on that team. I've always enjoyed her. I don't think she's perfect. I don't stand her. But I also, like, see that there's a lot of bullshit and fuckery going around. And there's not really ever been a time where people have just, like, let Wendy cook. And I don't think that's... Most of the time, I don't feel like that's her fault. It's just, like, people are, like have some arbitrary issue with her and then she's got to be fighting all her life to like disprove herself and it's like I, I just want Wendy to have fun I want Wendy to have one fun season where it's just like we actually get to see her because I feel like people get annoyed with her reacting to people but they see it as her acting you know what I mean I don't know. I just can't be anti-Wendy. I just can't. I don't have it in my spirit. And I also don't love this, like, division of the women. Clearly, like, Giselle's like, fuck Candace forever. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I don't know if, like, I could fully be on Giselle's side for that. Okay. You're upset that she said you had a dwindling uterus. Okay. I... Fair. You could be upset about that. You could be (laughs) upset... But it seems like she's more upset that she, like, called out her white-passing looks, her privilege that comes with being a very light-skinned, blonde, green-eyed black woman, and now it's like, well, fuck her for life. That should not be your reaction to the obvious colorism that's happening on the show. Like, it just kind of makes you seem worse, Giselle. In my eyes, anyway. But that's just my opinion! And let's move on. We'll talk about... Her boyfriend over at Winter House. I just needed that. I did okay. a venting. Okay. Danny, more? Where's okay. your jacket? Did you hang it up? Okay, if I give you the scenario, will you tell me if I'm crazy or not? Yes. I was having sex with Alex downstairs. We come back upstairs. He's like talking to a, another girl, whatever. Give me a second. I'm putting myself in your shoes for one second. Yeah, no, I'd be pissed. I feel like this is a quicker answer. No, I know, okay, but because I'm married, so I'm like, I feel differently about shit. Because, like, I, no, yes, hold on, no, wait, Daniel, don't have sex with me, I guess, that's annoying, that's annoying, it should take two seconds, wait, I don't know why she has to be mad at me, this is not that difficult, this is exactly what happened the other night, when, like, her and Alex, like, were getting into it, is that, like, she felt differently, and he thought it was more casual, I just didn't want to, like, fire her up, I mean, based off of what Danielle has just come out of in her relationship, I can understand why Danielle would be a little more sensitive, but this is like a friends with benefits. There's nothing more there. It's just supposed to be fun. I would just let him do his thing. Danielle and I are very different in a lot. All right. Heading over to Colorado. Just heading further and further west. Did I actually do this locationally? Just almost. I almost did. (laughs) But anyway, um, Winter House. Okay. Quick thoughts. Jason and Schwartz, in the very beginning of the episode, are talking about Jason's new relationship with Giselle. Schwartz didn't know that that Giselle's a housewife. He was like, oh my god. Jason's like, yeah, I'm dating a housewife of Potomac. 
So Amanda walks in and he's like, oh, uh, Amanda, we're talking about your favorite friend, your favorite person. And they start talking about the whole feet in the bathroom at BravoCon thing. Something that I feel like, no shade, but like, I feel like I'm the one who like kind of got the ball rolling on that. Granted, yes, Giselle and Robin did talk about it on their podcast, but I'm the one to post that clip on my on the everyone's business but mine instagram which by the way you guys if you guys could really like my christmas wish honestly would be to like increase my followers on instagram so if you guys could just give me a cursory follow at everyone's business but mine i would really appreciate that because that really can help me like move forward in my career um it listen i'm gonna call some of you guys out lovingly because i see it i see some of y'all tagging people the same people over and over and over in my posts just tell them to do you a favor and just follow me so you don't have to keep tagging them <laughs> love you <laughs> but just give me the follow damn like if you're gonna be tagging me if you're gonna be on the post every anyway you might as well just follow me you know what i mean respectfully <laughs> but like we do be having fun over on on uh, Instagram because I talk about things that don't make it on the podcast they, and we get fun we have fun over there so checks out everyone's business but mine and so anyway um I posted that and I know that it got to the summer house girls because Lindsay commented not her I think Maya also co-signed that so they did I think they found out through me and then it came out like she finally had to out that it was Amanda because she did not initially she just said it was one of the summer house girls so just pat myself on the back Thank you very much. But anyway, Amanda seems like, um, you know, she feels like maybe Giselle doesn't like her, but she's like, whatever. Jason says, I already talked to Kyle about us going on double dates. She's like, great. I'll make sure not to wear any shoes. <laughs> I'm going to go out without shoes. So anyway, we got to talk about Alex and Danielle because I'm of two minds on this, but I'm actually kind of mostly Danielle, team Danielle, maybe because... I have been Danielle in the past. Not not to this degree. Maybe maybe briefly. Maybe sometimes to this degree. But not like not in this way. Not in this specific way. Okay. So listen. I do feel like because they had this party and during the party, Alex and Danielle go to hook up. They're like, you know, bumping uglies during this cowboy party. Or whatever party it is. And so the thing he does, like, right after he leaves, is he goes in the kitchen. He's, like, telling girls, like, oh, here's my Instagram. I want to talk to you after this. And, you know, he's, like, kind of flirting with people. And granted, he is a flirtatious guy. Doesn't matter who. Doesn't not seem to discriminate. He'll literally say compliments to anybody. Tell them they're hot. Whatever. I think it's fair. If you're having, like, a cute, sexy in the house you have to understand that there are some like rules and whatever I know this is not your girlfriend I know that like y'all aren't making this past the winter house it's already come out that she's like kind of dating Joe Bradley from Southern Hospitality which is we'll save that comment for another day but um you guys Southern Hospitality is airing premieres next week so like check it out season one it's one of those shows that's like really good to binge just like binge it's you know like you got the whole season available to you just binge it 
just binge it because I think season two is actually going to be even better and season one was like not bad well, honestly like bingeable not bad but anyway um so I don't think it's unfair to be like hey dude we just fucked your penis is still in the refractory period like it's still coming down from a boner maybe you could like try not to flirt with people while your dick's still coming down from being inside of me you know I think that's fair <laughs> I think even in the context of like you're not my boyfriend it's fair to be like you know we just had sex maybe don't get girls Instagram numbers right in front of my face with that being said, I also think it's fair for Danielle to maybe, like, just keep it a little cuter, hold those emotions in just a little tighter, and maybe not, like, put a knife in your hand and be like, oh, I'm gonna do some things tonight. Like, you know, we don't have to go Eileen Warnos. But, you know, we, we just don't. We could just go, be like, five steps back from Eileen Warnos, and I could rock with you there. But you've gone too far, you know? Just a thought. Anyway. Then Danielle tries to get an ally with Amanda. And is like, okay, no, really, like, tell me if I'm crazy for being upset with this. And Amanda does, like, the cardinal sin, which is like, okay, hold on. Let me, like, tap into this in my, like, non-married brain. <laughs> and I just don't understand, you know, because I'm married. You know, like, I just think about things differently. I see things differently. Now, Amanda says in a confessional that what she's trying to do is trying to not get Danielle amped up. And that Danielle needs to realize that this is like a casual friends with benefits thing that she's gone going on with Alex. And like, yeah, but she's like, you know, we're different. And, you know, I, I don't know if you are, I don't know if you are that different, Amanda. You're just married now. And I think the annoying thing that like people who are in long-term relationships or who are married do with people who are like still out here dating and trying to make it is this like well I wouldn't do that but it's like girl Amanda yes you would remember we can go back to season one where you were sneaking into the summer house and sneaking into Kyle's bed when y'all weren't a thing and he had dumped you right before but you were still trying to make it work with him and I think it only feels different to you because you guys ended up getting married and you had your like happy ending. But in all, all things considered, that really wasn't that long ago. And, and you were engaging in behaviors that were not all that dissimilar to what Danielle's doing. It just worked out for you. So like, let's keep that in perspective. So I could understand how Danielle's like drunk at night she's already upset she's looking for somebody to be like yes I understand where you're coming from she did not get that from Amanda and then she's like you know what? I'm not gonna do with this with you like I, I'm, I'm over it right so the other thing is Schwartz Schwartz finally being able to nut up some courage to call Katie call her by her name and get over this like I can't I can't I, want, I don't want to disrespect Katie Maloney my ex-wife even though all our relationship was about me disrespecting her but now all of a sudden because there's some arbitrary other woman in the world named Katie I, now I can't disrespect her he's got to go back to LA for the reunion but we find out later that he's probably he's planning on coming back to the winter house I'm not sure if that happens I'm kind of interested because 
Katie Floody, she's she's got a real crush on him. They finally, the night before he leaves, are like, let's hook up. But I wonder if y'all noticed this. Because obviously this was like a let's hook up situation. Like, let's go to the bathroom. But Katie says something like, I respect the fact that you don't want this on camera. And I don't know if y'all saw the vape in her mouth. And I have a feeling it was probably a THC vape. I think maybe she would have been referring to like, I respect the fact that you don't want to smoke weed on camera or you don't want to do drugs on camera. I think maybe that's what she was referring to. Because if you look, like look in the mirror, you can see her reflection. She's got a black vape in her mouth. And I just feel like it probably wasn't nicotine. Anyways, so they're like doing whatever the hell they're doing. Uh, The door opens briefly to a white bra being flung out on the hallway floor. (laughs) Their shit just gets broken up multiple occasions. First of all, Malia is like listening in the door and it's like she can clearly hear something. But then she's like, hey, um, can I can I get my contacts? And they're like, yeah, hold on (laughs) just a second. Thank God for that mirror. It was really doing us a favor to see, like, who had a shirt on at this point and who didn't as the door was opening. So Malia gets her contact solution or whatever. Kissy noises, smooching, whatever. Wet noises being made. And all of a sudden, Aisha, God bless her. Aisha's got to pee, all right? Oh, I got to poop. And she just, like, busts through the bathroom door. They're like, oh, hold on one second. Try to get them. Tom's probably going through a refractory period of his own at this point. And she just pees in front of them. Like, has no awareness. She's like, listen, I'm happy for them. I really am. But I gotta pay. And then Aisha leaves. Aisha does not even stay long enough to change her clothes. Didn't even take a shower, I don't think. Did we bring a toothbrush? Like, she's she's out she's out and i'm sad about that because asia really should have been there the whole time get her back bring back our girl so we end on a if you call it a cliffhanger but um katie says goodbye to schwartz he kisses her goodbye she's like nervous and she says in a confessional this poor girl this like truly makes me sick that she's really worried that he's not going to come back and she's worried that part of that reason might be because of her Ugh, katie Babe, I hope Katie is getting dicked down by somebody not shorts. You know, I want that for her. All right, let's move on. I don't even know how Sutton even noticed that Kyle was wearing a different ring. I never pay attention to that. The only time I noticed jewelry is when, after the robbery, Dorit still had hers. Ooh, Beverly Hills styling. She, she, she. She, she, she is trying it. And the she in this case is Kyle with a dash of Dorit. Not loving this first scene with them and Crystal having basically what seems like a very plot and scheme-like scene to cause, to like talk about Sutton and her possible substance abuse. She's drinking too much. We're worried about her. Blah, blah, blah. Honestly, like, I found this shit very annoying because they're such hypocrites. 
But the scene was necessary because it does give Crystal ample opportunity to just go in on both Kyle and Dorit for this weird campaign against Sutton. Being like, yeah, Kyle, you just got sober five minutes ago. Why are you sitting here in judgment of other people and their behavior? Like, it's getting weird. Now my other thing. The biggest thing, really, are my opinions about Kyle and Morgan. Because, you know, like, we've all been on this journey of are they, aren't they, will they, won't they, what the hell's going on? She's wearing, you know, they're doing paparazzi photos where you're seeing them one in one hoodie. And then they're, like, swapping hoodies the next one. Like, they're really acting like, we don't know what you guys are talking about. We're just friends. While also doing this, like, very... not sketchy but like like what's really going on here we've all been very curious so now to actually see them in action where Kyle's getting a tattoo and we find out later that she actually tattoos a K on Morgan and Morgan's there for moral support what I saw immediately I was like "Mm -mm. nope any any feelings that I had about them fucking I don't think so I don't think this is happening, actually. What I saw, what Kara saw in this scene was Kyle very much into Morgan. But I think Kyle's confused. In the sense that, like, like, I think she's in a place in her life where she's just like, burn it all down. Fuck everything. Everything about my old life, you know, the old Kyle's dead, Taylor Swift, you know? I also, here's something that I forgot to mention on the podcast that is not being mentioned on the show that I think really needs to be discussed is that Kyle's friend, one of Kyle's very dearest friends, completed suicide. Like, like after the season, like somewhere in this timeline, before this season, before, after last season, before this season. And then we also have to consider the fact that Moe's career was, like, skyrocketing in in different ways, even more so during that same time. He's got the Buying Beverly Hill show on Netflix, his book that Kyle hasn't read, uh, you know, like, opening up agencies all over the world. He's not there for her. She's like, I lost my best friend. I had this whole thing with my sister. I just think a lot of things happened at once for Kyle. And she was just like, I got to completely refresh and figure it all out. And then she finds somebody because she says in this scene that Morgan is like free and unapologetic and does what she wants. And she really admires that. And I do think like, She does think that that's very attractive. And I do think that like maybe that might be forming into some sort of romantic feeling for Kyle. Um, What I saw from Morgan is somebody who's just down for the ride. Somebody who's just like, yeah, like I, I wish I wish. Oh, my God. Somebody on Twitter. I think his name is at Joe Shear. So he would like to see. Sutton and Morgan do, uh, name them. Just both of them, name them. 
name them, name them, name them, and, and just go back and forth until one of them passes out. Like, I would like to see that too. <laughs> but anyway, um, I just feel like Morgan always talks about, like, the three times that I've heard Morgan talk, it's always about how they met. She stalked me. Kyle stalked me and how like uh, you know she she found her online I had no idea I can't do it I can't do Bobby Hill which is who she sounds like you know she found me online I was like who is this all my friends were like oh it's a housewife you know blah blah so I think that like Morgan's trying to be put on like we know that Kyle's bankrolling some kind of documentary about Morgan why we need a documentary about a 28 year old who's like just now making it onto the music scene I don't know, but that's Kyle's money and probably a little bit of Moe's. Not my problem. I saw Morgan, who is like probably like used to straight women being like, oh my God, look at you. <laughs> and she's like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to hop on the PJ. I'm going to like hope that my association with Kyle is you know lucrative for me down the line it can get some eyes on me or whatever I don't want to say that Morgan's like straight out using her but I just didn't even see Morgan seem to even like her <laughs> like not even romantically like it seemed like she found Kyle like a little bit annoying like Kyle's talking about having this THC dinner for the rest of the housewives and how she's basically doing it because they get onto her about not drinking and she doesn't want to be lame and she's but Morgan's like she don't even eat edibles cow like like I don't know it wasn't even that it just seemed like she was annoyed with her and the guy was like oh like she was just trying to impress somebody who like really wasn't that into her this is like I'll do it like it's fine but like it just didn't even seem like she thought how I don't I did not even see friendship vibes between them people keep talking about chemistry but to me my definition of chemistry involves both parties. And I'm, I'm not seeing it. Like, I'm seeing that Kyle's super attracted to whatever Morgan's freedom and honesty is. Maybe some wires are getting crossed there romantically. And Kyle's, like, not sure. Like, I do think she has a crush on her. Whether it's, like, a girl crush or, like, I have a crush on this girl. I don't know. I It's giving more girl. I, I think she kind of has a crush on her. But my thing is, I don't think Morgan does. Y'all let me know. I just didn't see it. I think Morgan has a crush on opportunity. Anyway, um, so after that, Kyle goes home and she has this conversation with Mo. Oh, what's going on, Webbeen? Um, and she's like, you know, high off of hanging out with Morgan. And it just seems like she wants to punish Mo. And to quote Chai again, I think she might be right. I think something happened with Kyle and Mo pre-season that they don't really want to get into. Something that maybe Mo did to Kyle. And she's punishing him. Like, there is something unsaid between them that goes beyond we're having troubles, we're struggling in our marriage. It's Kyle seems actively angry, unabashedly so, like a bratty little teenager towards Mo, and I'm not saying that Mo doesn't uh, deserve it. I'm just saying if we're going to be doing this, can we talk about it? Like, really talk about it? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. So then we get to this THC dinner and I had heard rumblings that this was like, oh my God, if y'all were waiting for the dinner party, if y'all love the dinner party from hell, wait for this one. This was a dinner party from heaven for me personally. <laughs> if Oprah ever sat me down and was like, Kara, tell me your vision of heaven. You, If you guys can close your eyes, just, just, you know, join me on this journey. And my eyes are closed even though they shouldn't be. I got notes in front of me. But in my mind's eye, I'm walking into a fabulous mansion in Beverly Hills. And really in my dream, we would still be at Kyle's old house with the black and white tiles in it, but that's okay. Like we, I can adjust for that. But beautiful tablescape. And it's got housewives from past and present. People we did not expect to be there. People Straight up, did not expect Denise Richards to show up. Camille Grammer's there. The morally corrupt Faye Resnick is there. Camille and Faye still don't fuck with each other to this day. It is very awkward. You're sitting down at this table. Erica's there. Dorit's there. Garcelle. Crystal. And then here's Faye Resnick. And the very drunk Denise Richards having what seems like about 30% Casamigos Reposado at this point. Camille's saying that she doesn't want to sit anywhere near Faye Resnick, so she, they're playing musical chairs with each other. I'm getting high. Denise Richards is drunk to the point where she can barely form a sentence. At one point, Kyle and Sutton get up to talk about their issues with each other because they keep getting into it. Come to find out. Now, Sutton had kind of prefaced this, like, the last time she was on Watch What Happens Live, and I was like, y'all will see what was really going on with me. Like, there was more to, to my behavior than than what, what y'all have seen before, but y'all see. And I think the big reveal as to what was going on in Sutton's life was that her, I heard, allegedly trillionaire ex-husband. I saw something that, that, that that man was worth more than two trillion dollars. But anyway, that he wanted to move to London and that he was going to take their son. And also that she was maybe going to have to go with them to move to London. 
okay, I'm not sure why that would happen. You guys aren't married, which is a fair question on Kyle's part. Why would you have to move? But then we find out this is not even happening. Maybe he's moving to London, but the kid's not. And now she's stressed out because she's going to have to go back to court to get more child support because the kid is now going to be with her full time. So (laughs) to see Kyle (laughs) be like, oh, I'm sorry, you're upset because not only is nothing happening to you, you're going to be getting more money. Well, you don't understand, Kyle. He's a very powerful man. I don't want to have to go to court with him again. Right. But, But what you're saying is that like, Basically, at the end of the day, you're going to be having more time with your child and getting compensated for it. And then they come out of that fight unresolved, completely unresolved, back to the table. And now there's a whole conversation about uh, Kyle and her relationship. Why aren't we mentioning, Kyle, that you have a different ring? Garcelle's the only person to be like... We're talking about your marriage, Kyle, and and Sutton noticed that you have a different ring on your engagement finger. Like, what's going on with that? And then Kyle's like, oh, I bought one for myself, which is like, okay, girl, well, <laughs> that's not really going to, uh, you're not going to be, be beating any allegations with that admission that I'm not wearing my engagement ring because I bought my own one and I replaced it. That sounds weird. Now, my... <sighs> annoyance with this whole thing is everybody wants to act all scandalized why are we talking about kyle this is so unfair but what happened to be honest be honest and oh what like tell you tell the truth own it we have to talk about everything but all of a sudden it comes to kyle and like we're not allowed to talk about it she's like persona non grata and I just find that, like, really annoying. Like, if Rinna was still on the show, not that I want to talk about her gremlin ass, but if she were still on the show and this was anybody else, <laughs> uh, Dorit, are people doing coke in your bathroom? Like, all the things that she's brought up on the show, but all of a sudden, we can't talk about something that is actively happening in Kyle's life that is being reported all over the papers at this point. You know, nobody had any issue talking about Erica and the rings and the LA Times article and stuff, but all of a sudden we can't talk about Kyle and her relationship and what the hell's going on when clearly there is something going on and it's not good. It's weird to me and it's annoying and it just feels very like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's how I feel. <laughs> Adriana, Julia, and my best friend, Nicole, they all knew not to tell anyone, and the only person that I knew would sing like a canary would be someone like Larsa, okay? I tested someone because I knew they couldn't keep their mouth shut. There is no test here. There is no... I, I was testing there someone. There is no ulterior... Mo- the person failed bigly. <laughs> there is no ulterior motives here. Not for you. You said you're going to need everybody. And then I found out why you need okay, everybody. So you found out from Larsa that... that I'm not going to yeah. say... She was not happy about it. She's like, I know who told you. She's like, Larsa told you. I know Larsa told you. Uh She said it was a test to see if you would go back and tell everybody. 
Listen, I don't have time for tests. I'm like, she needs to grow up. Then I thought about this. The whole thing was just weird. You're sick. You're not supposed to be getting upset, screaming. That's like not good for you. You're not supposed to be drinking. When I sat there, we were talking, and she was like, I'm going to have a drink or two. And I was like, you're not supposed to be drinking. Like, do you have cancer? Do you not have cancer? Who tests cancer? That's so crazy to me. Is that not what, if you have cancer, you don't drink? And she was like, oh, I could have a drink or two. Like, oh, like, okay. So I don't know. It's like, I don't know. Miami. I love that song. Bring back our girls. And by that, I mean, bring back the actual theme songs to our shows. Southern Charm. Vanderpump. Summer House. It adds to it. It's important. And it's important that we never forget our history. So bring bring back our girls. Bring back our girls. Anyway, <laughs> there were a lot of highs and lows here. Starting with the highs of Adriana going to ketamine therapy. And I know that that just sounded like she was high on ketamine, which technically she was. But to me, it was like more of a high of just like seeing Adriana have a moment to be real, which is a weird thing because she was truly under the influence of ketamine. But just, I guess maybe by being real, it's just like her not talking about her issues with Alexia and Marisol, even though she did say that that was a lot of the reason why she was getting ketamine therapy on top of her father and brother dying. But to actually watch her go through this therapy and like, I, I've never, I've never, obviously never watched anybody go through ketamine therapy, but like she's starting off very happy. Like they they put a little blindfold on her. She's got music playing on the headphones and she's like having a great time wherever she is at this point but then it seems like she sees her father and brother and she really has this like very emotional breakdown of like it should have been me I should have been there instead of you and like just like really grief traumatic stuff thank god for Julia for being there and like holding her hand through it she's crying watching Adriana experience this and when Adriana comes back to earth she talks about how like she saw them and it was actually really peaceful and it kind of like made her feel better. And it was like just very powerful. Like I would watch that scene. It was like, ugh, it got me. It got me. But we have to move back to the bullshit. One thing, I want the world for Kiki, just in general. I want the world for Kiki in the realm of the Housewives universe to have better friends. Because it appears that Lisa and Larsa were, they had like a single girl squad. They were going out, going to clubs, having drinks, doing, you know, girly stuff. But now here comes Marcus and all that's over. All Larsa wants to do is hang out with her man and be stuck to him like Velcro and have a podcast with him. And like, that's it. And Kiki's left high and dry. They go to this party together. She's like... (laughs) I really wasn't thinking Jody and Marcus were going to be here, girls. Can we just have some girl time? Can we try to do that, please? And then both Larsa and Lisa are like two double L losers this episode. Because we find out that Lisa... Now, we have to remember that Gertie told Larsa about her cancer diagnosis and told her... Here are the girls who don't know yet. Please, like, keep this in confidence right now. And 
I will tell them in my own time. Do you understand, Larsa? Yes. Yes, I do. Six hours later, oh my god, Gertie told me she had cancer. Gertie told me she had cancer. And, and presenting this as though this was like something that she was dealing with. Right? So then Lisa tells Gertie, hey girl, somebody told me about your cancer. Gertie asked her, who was it? Because I know it was Larsa. I don't want to say. Well, I know it was Larsa. Just to just say, I don't want to say who it is. Okay? Now, Lisa, why would you not tell Gertie who told you about your her cancer, but you run to Larsa to tell her about this conversation and that Gertie said, oh, this was, I, like, I was kind of testing Larsa. And so Larsa skips right over the fact that she told a very big secret that she should not have told and goes right to blaming Gertie and also calling into question whether she even has cancer. I don't know if she has cancer. Like, does she really? You're not supposed to be drinking. And she told me she was going to have a drink. You're not supposed to be drinking. And she told me she was going to have a drink or two, but you're not supposed to do it if you're a cancer. So like, I don't know. Does she really have cancer? I'm not even kidding. I am begging whoever is responsible for Lars's software to upgrade. 8-bit Pippin. I can't take it. Floppy disk Pippin is what I'm going to call her until she gets more RAM to find, can we get an empathy chip and a deductive reasoning chip and things like that? Because this is wild. Like, I honestly don't know what I'm talking about. Floppy disk, floppy disk Pippin, please stop. Please stop. So we end on this, like, cancer benefit that, um, uh, 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 I always forget her name. (laughs) Julia, Julia is having, and, um, like my mind will not let me like 90%. I, I see Julia's face and I just like, cannot think of her name. So Julia's having this, uh, this cancer benefit. She's going to be singing opera and, you know, as a surprise and to her wife and, um, they're all waiting for Lisa. Now Gertie made some side comment cause they're all cheersing to each other and she makes her Larsa hears. And I can have a drink, even though I have cancer. My doctor said I can have a drink. And then Lars's floppy, floppy disc has to be like, oh, in a confessional. Like, you know what? I could take a couple hits, but like, you're you're poking the bear right now. Poking the bear? You? You don't have any right to be coming for anybody. Least of all, Gertie. Floppy disc. So they're all waiting for Lisa. And they tell um, Larsa or somebody like, why don't you FaceTime her? She'll probably pick up if it's you. So we get Lisa on FaceTime. Are you coming? Uh, the cops are here. Because we found out that through page six, aka through Lenny's personal diary, that he, through the kindness of his heart, lent Lisa one of his cars. And then when he got it back, he found some sort of air tag or tracking device on the car. Now, on the one hand, like, it does sound like something Lisa would do. But on the other hand, Lenny, you gave her, you just, you, you all of a sudden had this, like, moment of, of clarity and uh, decided to let your ex-wife, who you fucking hate, borrow your car. Okay. Okay. So Lisa says the cops are here at the house. <laughs> and then we have to end on a to be continued. God bless. I love Miami. 
Oh my God, Mary. How many carrots? Oh, this is she your new did. Chanel. Oh my God. I right? love that. I love that. And she tells I you nothing that. about I herself. I love that. I love that. In Salt Lake. Oh man. I loved that scene with Mary and Monica because I feel like it gave Mary a moment to kind of be human, make sense, seemingly understand dynamics between people and, and give positive advice to Monica. I actually think I like watching them together. Monica seems to enjoy Mary in the same way that I would enjoy Mary if I had to be exposed to her. Like, I, I want to be here and I just want to talk to you and see what comes out. <laughs> no, but what came out was actually some pretty sage advice. Uh, so I appreciate it. I actually thought that was like a, one of Mary's better seeds. Probably her best one. Like if we include her being shady. Because, you know, looking out the window and saying that, that Heather looks inbred is so funny to me. <laughs> so funny. Um, then we have like this awful, super sad um, storyline with Whitney where her friend Sherry passes away from cancer. Like starts off being like, oh, you know, she had gone to her prison event the, the week before and then few days later she went from that to being intubated and it was just like a very downhill thing very quick very sad she's very young and it seems like she and Whitney had been friends for quite a long time and and had been there for like all her big moments so Whitney's decision to go to Meredith's jewelry launch the following day like not even 24 hours after this happened was actually like maybe not the best idea but it really I think helped her relationship with Meredith and not her relationship with Lisa. So I think that I'm like kind of, again, of two minds on this situation. I think it's layered because everybody obviously gets to the event and they're like, Whitney, they're hugging her. Like, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Like they're all having moments with Whitney, like genuine, like I'm so sorry about your friend, like real moments. And then Lisa gets there and she does not immediately acknowledge Whitney or what just happened. But we find out that Whitney texted Angie Kay and Lisa first about her friend passing away the night that it happened. And Lisa, you know, had flowers sent to Whitney. Whitney doesn't know it, but she had like ordered flowers to be delivered to her house and like they had a conversation and blah, blah, blah. So Lisa's coming from this from a place of like, okay, this is like the next day. I don't want to upset her. I don't know what her relationship to grief is. I just don't want to trigger her in a public place. Like she was trying to keep it cute. Totally understand that. It does not come off to Whitney. And I also understand that. I do understand a lot of people saying that Whitney is kind of like a dog with a bone. She kind of like harps on something. She'll latch onto um, a perceived slight and just like will not let it go even if somebody's apologizing to her. But where I think Lisa messed up is that like Lisa can't be wrong. But I think Whitney can't either. So rather this is I think a situation of like you just kind of have to take the L sometimes even if it doesn't feel like an objective truth to you because at the end of the day, Whitney's not in her right mind. She's actively mourning a very good friend who just passed away. And so she doesn't, and like grief kind of works in funny ways where 
You might not want to talk about something one second. You might want to talk about something the next, or you might have it all together and then you don't, or you might want to talk to one person and you might want to talk to not, not want to talk to another person. And it might be that like you find yourself confiding or being close to somebody who you might not normally be close to and not talk to your very best friend about things. Like sometimes things just happen in that way. I say all this to say that like grief is not like a linear thing, but I think really like Lisa's inability to be wrong or look wrong or look like she did something bad on television is taken over. I do think she was trying to be a good friend to Whitney by like not potentially provoking her. But I also feel like Whitney was not in a place of wanting to be on equal rounding. She just wanted to be like, Lisa, you weren't there for me. You did not greet me immediately. It felt rude. It felt very dismissive. You know what happened. I told you this as one of the first people who I told and then I, the next time I see you, you're like going to give a present to Heather and not being like, hey, how are you? Lisa doesn't want to accept that. She just wants to be right. And she wants them to be objectively like on the same page. But Whitney's not in an, a place of a subjective truth. She's in a place of mourning. And so I think sometimes even if like Whitney's wrong, incorrect, you're just like, I hear you, Whitney, because it's just not worth it to me to be right in this particular moment. I'm just going to take the L on this because of what you're going through. You know what I mean? Like, that's just how I would do it. Like, even if I was trying to be nice and do right by Whitney and not upset her, if she's saying to me, your lack of acknowledging me felt like this, felt like you didn't care... I would have just been like, I get it. That's not what I was doing. And you can say that, but I hear you and I'm sorry. You just got to take the L sometimes and just be like, I'm sorry. Because what she's, she's not in a place of thinking objectively for a very good reason. So just let her have it, you know? So to me, like personally, make no mistake, I love seeing her like go off into that room and pop off and be like, oh, calling, calling Whitney a bitch and like trying to take her mic off and, and threatening the, the produ- production, like, don't put this mic back on me. <laughs> and then going off to John and John's following off after her, like, what happened, girl? Like, it was entertaining. But I do think that like, if we're, if we're keeping it real, that's just how I would have navigated the situation if I were Lisa. And again, that's my opinion. Okay. You guys, thank you so much. Let me know if you enjoy this format because it might be happening for the next couple weeks, you know? (laughs) Sorry if you don't like it. Um, But thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Have a great weekend. Bye.